Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 14th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, you had the uh, the whole gang back on This Week on Broadway. It seems like the first time in, man, it feels like a month since you've had both Peter and Michael on. You've had great people uh, filling in for him, Jenna Tessa Fox, Jan Simpson. But it was nice to have the gang back together on Sunday. Yeah, we were back together, although I do miss Jenna and Jan and... We're going to have to be more inclusive of them uh, this fall. We have some plans Hmm. for them we haven't told them about. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we uh, talked about Michael Moore's Terms of My Surrender. Uh, We talked, uh, Michael hadn't weighed in on Midsummer Night's Dream yet, so he talked about that. Peter talked about the Summer Shorts Festival. Uh, We also had uh, about 10 minute discussion about Barbara Cook, some great stories about Barbara Cook. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that was this week on Broadway yesterday. Uh, so if you haven't heard it and you're interested, take a listen to that. Always good stuff. And I'm sure, uh, Barbara Cook holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts, but, uh, she seems like she would be a particular favorite for Michael Portantier. Yeah. He, uh, both Peter and Michael had really special stories to talk about, about Barbara. So, uh, if you're a fan of Barbara, definitely take a listen to that. I mean, and who isn't? That's true. So uh, first up in the news, Tony winner Patina Miller welcomes her first child. Yeah, it's funny because for a lot of these uh, birth announcements, we don't really see a whole lot of the pregnancy process for obvious reasons. But Patina Miller has been really I don't want to say diligent, but she's really kind of documented her entire pregnancy on social media. So I've had fun kind of keeping up with it. But on Friday, we learned that last Wednesday, Tony winner Patina Miller did welcome her first child along with husband David Mars. They named their new little girl Emerson Harper Mars after Ralph Waldo Emerson and some of his beliefs and teachings. Patina, who is currently a series regular on CBS's Madam Secretary, has really, like I said, been chronicling this whole pregnancy process, including the fact that she was like working out and going to pregnancy specific workouts and yoga up until like, I want to say the week that she gave birth. So it's really been kind of fun to kind of share that in a very tiny way uh, with her throughout the process as all of us are such big fans of Patina Miller. Um, She also did post a picture of her and her baby daughter on Instagram yesterday. So if you want to see that, um, I think after the weekend that we've all had, we could use acute distraction. Um, So we'll have a story from People Magazine, People.com that announced the birth. But then you can also check out Patina's Instagram at Patina Miller. And it's really, really sweet and very happy for her and her husband. Seriously? She was working out right up until the week before. Dude, it was pregnancy-specific workouts um, and pregnancy-specific yoga. I was very felt very guilty for not doing that. Have Have we had this discussion before? I have a membership to four gyms. You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> do I use any of them? Any of them? And here we are, Patina no. Miller. You know, she's uh, she's she's a rock star. She's a rock star. She rocks. She's totally great. All right. So uh, this week's theatrical schedule, what's happening? Well, we've got a few shows starting and unfortunately uh, even more shows closing. But let's talk about first a couple of the shows that are kicking off their runs this week. First, as I'm sure everybody who listens to this show and follows Broadway knows, the first preview performances of Frozen at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts will start this Thursday, August 17th. It will run there through October 1st before coming to Broadway beginning on February 22nd with an opening scheduled for mid-March. I think it's probably going to be the 14th. 
13th of March for opening night of Frozen at the St. James Theater. James, tickets are on sale for the Broadway premiere to everyone beginning today at 10 a.m. There was a pre-sale that was announced on Friday, so... You know, we didn't have a show, so we couldn't tell you about it. So maybe you've got a couple hours, depending on when you're listening, to get on that pre-sale. But tickets officially open for everybody at 10 a.m. Uh, Patty and Casey Levy and a lot of the other creative team members have been doing a little bit of press, not a ton. They've done some stuff with uh, the New York Times and with some uh, TV stations and, and newspapers out in Denver. I'm as they say, efforting to try to get a five-minute phoner with Patty before they open. I don't know if Disney's going to like that or not, but we're efforting as best as we can uh, to have our very own uh, Patty Murin uh, talk about the show. But we'll see about that. But either way, I can't tell you how super excited I am to see what they come up with. The more we hear about this, about how they're kind of embracing what the movie was and then changing it, I'm getting more and more excited about it. So I can't wait to see those first audience responses from Denver. And then when the critics actually get in there, I'm assuming, James, do you think some of the New York critics are going to fly out to the Mile High City to see it? Or do you think they'll wait until it comes into New York? Uh, With all the cuts and budgets uh, for (laughs) reviewers in the arts, Mm, I'm not sure that anybody other than Mr. Brantley and Mr. Green could afford to fly out there. Fair point. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, Rita will kick 50 bucks out to a spy, you know? <laughs> that's fair point. Fair point. All right. Next up that's coming to uh, theaters this week on Friday, August 18th, off-Broadway, the New York premiere of Sarah Rule's new play for Peter Pan on her 70th birthday begins performances of Playwrights Horizons. The show, which stars Tony Nominee and D- Drama Desk winner Kathleen Chalfant, is currently on sale through October 1st. And now, James, here's where we have to start start talking about shows that are leaving us this coming week. On Saturday, August 19th, the off-Broadway production of Afterglow closes at the Davenport Theater, a world premiere from the Midnight Theatricals Company. The show has starred Brandon Hagenson, Patrick Riley, and Robbie Simpson. I feel like Peter reviewed this one. Is that right on This Week on Broadway? I feel like he did. Oh, I have no idea. I it, okay. I would think I think that it was it a few months, a few weeks ago. Okay, uh, I'm not sure, but either way, I, uh, this is one has gotten a lot of buzz um, and some fairly uh, oh, uh, yeah. risque advertising materials. Uh, so uh, if you want to see that one before it closes up over at the Davenport, head over before Saturday. Then on yeah, Sunday we've let me got interrupt here. Uh, yes. Michael reviewed it June 25th. Oh. Um, June 25th on This Week on Broadway, Okay, he reviewed it. I, I do remember the Loft at Davenport Theater through August 5th. Well, it must have extended a week. Because it extended. We, we, we had Two it down. Weeks. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, cool. So, um, and then uh, there are actually three shows of note closing on uh, Sunday, August twentieth. Off Broadway, we have two coming that are coming to an end. First, the incredibly well received Off Broadway production of The Government Inspector, starring Michael Urie, Mary Testa, Arnie Burton, and Michael McGraw was part of the production. I don't think he is currently. And if you read between the lines, I think that probably has to do with something I talked about. Last week, uh, which may be announced this week. So if you're connecting the dots, if you're scoring at home, maybe you can figure out what I'm talking about. Uh, James, I do know that both Peter and Michael loved this production um, when they reviewed it on this week on Broadway. Although now that I'm saying that, I think it might actually be Peter and Jan, but I can't keep them track. Either way, everybody who saw that production loved it. So get over and see The Government Inspector before it closes on Sunday. Also on Sunday is the final product performance of Bruce Norris's play, A Parallelogram, starring Celia Keenan-Bolger and Anita Gillette. Peter was a little more on the fence about this one when he talked about it 
uh, a week or so ago on This Week on Broadway, but he did have high praise for both Keenan Bolger and especially Gillette. So if you're a fan of some of these uh, trippy meta things, uh, head on over and see that. And then finally this week, the original Broadway production of On Your Feet, the Gloria and Emilio Estefan musical ends its Broadway run on Sunday, August 20th. Star Anna Villafane has played Gloria since the show's first performance on Broadway on October 5th of 2015. When it closes on Sunday, it will have played 34 previews and 746 performances at the Marquee Theater. The national tour will have its preview run at the Shays Performing Arts Center in Buffalo uh, before officially opening at the Adrian Arsh Center in Miami, Florida, which seems only fitting uh, at the beginning of, of October. It will then next visit us up here in Orlando at the Dr. Phillips Center for Performing Arts, so I'm excited to see about that. Currently, only uh, Gloria and Emilio have been announced for the tour, and I have a feeling that a lot of the people who are going to finish up their run on Broadway will be joining the tour uh, when that heads out on the road later this fall. I encourage people to go see this if you can see it, uh, if it tours near you, uh, or if it doesn't tour near you, get out and go see it. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Uh, I went into it thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be a train wreck, and I came out loving it. So Cool. All right. What's up in the reading recommendations? Well, I've got three things, James. Some of them will... Uh make you happy. Some of them will make you a little sad and some will kind of do a little bit of both. Uh, I'm not going to belabor each of them because they're three really well-written pieces. So I want people to go over and read them. We will have links to all of them in the show notes at broaderradio.com. The first comes from Buffalo News and the headline is for Little Mermaid star, a rude awakening in middle America. You'll remember a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I reviewed the, it's not technically a national tour. It's a special engagement tour of Disney's The Little Mermaid stars Diana Huey as Ariel. Dana Huey is not necessarily the type of person that you would normally consider for the role of Ariel because she is a Japanese-American. She was actually born in Japan. For most of the run, this this uh, tour or special engagement tour originated in Seattle and has kind of played some more metropolitan areas. But as it started to go to more places in the Midwest and specifically in Memphis, she started to notice that there was some pushback for an Asian-American actress playing this role and she admits that it actually did kind of affect her performances for a while um but she kind of found ways to overcome that talked about some of the 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 feedback and the stage door experience she had from asian american girls and their mothers how that really uh, kind of buoyed her when her self-esteem was kind of getting to her because of all the negative things she'd read on social media um i really enjoyed her performance i really it you know, other than the fact that um, it was obvious that she was Asian American, it didn't really occur to me that it was a big deal. Um, so I, I'm really excited to kind of see what happens for her next because she's handled this with a lot of grace and class. Another article that came out last week, James, is from Peter Marks over at the Washington Post. When Lapone and Midler get sick, the show must go on, and so must the su- so must the sub. This is a particularly uh, poignant article for The Washington Post because Donna Miliaccio, who is the co-founder of Arlington, Virginia's acclaimed signature theater, is actually Patti Lapone's understudy for Warpaint. She also understudies a few other ensemble tracks as well. Um, but she talks about going on for Patti Lapone for the first time and how she was really scared to death. She um, you know, said she tried to be really cool on the outside, but she was freaking out on the inside. The article also talks to a number of other Broadway understudies and standbys. One of those standbys is John Jellison from Come From Away, who says that it's the hardest thing that he's ever done in his professional life. And then 
Peter Marks goes on to talk a little bit about the odd situation of having a two-time Tony winner in Donna Murphy as the alternate for a recent Tony winner, Bette Midler in Hello, Dolly. Um, so it's a really cool article. Check that out. I, you know, James, we've talked about this multiple times. We are big fans of understudies on this show. Um, so anytime they can get a little appreciation because it is – a really thankless job because there's a lot of people who go to these shows to see stars. And when they're not in, they take it out on the understudies, which is completely unfair because in a lot of cases, they are people who could be leading shows um, in a lot of other situations. So I'm really happy to see some understudies uh, getting some individual praise and then understudies as a whole um, being celebrated. But talking about uh, Donna Murphy in that Understudy article, There's a, the final piece I want to talk about is from Newsday. Long Island's Dolly, Donna Murphy finds plot parallels her life. Um, most theater and many TV, movie, and Disney fans know that Donna Murphy is one of the most versatile performers working today. But as the alternate for Dolly Gallagher-Levi, she's realized that there's some very difficult parallels to navigate her performance to her personal life. As we've talked about, her husband, the actor Sean Elliott, passed away in March of 2016, and she really kind of struggled for a long time to get over that. And she said that when this was presented to her, she saw this role as an opportunity to kind of dip her foot back in to performing without having to dedicate all of her time to being in the role, especially because she does have young school age children. Um, and it's kind of been a way for her to deal with her professional issues, trying to get back into life as an actress, but also some of the personal parallels since Dolly is a widow herself. Um, so it was a really nice touching article, although very sad at times too. So James, if people need something to, uh, read on their commute, hopefully not while they're driving on a Monday morning, I highly recommend all three of these articles. All right. That's true. Do not drive and read. No, that's bad. All right. So, uh, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. You can subscribe to something that pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your Monday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.